Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson, that's Nathan Fox, together we're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. This question, or actually questions, comes from producer Eric. Yeah, Eric wanted us to talk about what's the hardest logic game or what makes a logic game difficult? What comes hmm. to mind for you? Um, it's interesting because some of the games that I thought were the hardest are not necessarily the hardest any longer given the different ways we approach games now. But historically, I used to always think of the new and old CDs game or new and used CDs game. That was a challenging one. Yep. The uh, dinosaurs game yep. is one that comes to mind. Um, the virus is one, but none of those seem extraordinarily difficult. There's also the snakes one. Do you know the, the, the cages yep. or something? Yeah. Yep. Well, one thing that most difficult, you know, if if a game is difficult, what makes it difficult? To, what makes it difficult? Well, probably complexity, right? So complexity, games that have yep. many variables for one thing, like putting nine things in order or putting nine things in groups is a hell of a lot harder than putting five things in order or putting five things in groups. So Generally, just yep. sheer volume can make a game hard. And I think we see this, like if you compare prep tests one through 40 to prep tests 40 through 90, whatever, the, the recent tests just seem to be smaller that way. Like they just don't have as many moving parts. They've got fewer variables, fewer rules. Yeah, that's true. Some of the older tests a long time ago were a lot more text heavy, right? Let's really set this up, give you a lot of information, and then you're parsing through that to try to find what the rules are. Yeah. Similarly, a game that has many dimensions can be perceived as or actually more difficult than a game with fewer dimensions. So a game like put six things in order or put six things in groups, you really only have two dimensions there, right? You've got the people and the order, or you've got the people and you've got the groups, but other games are going to be like, well, you got to put, you got to, you got to select, or you got, sorry, you got to put people in groups, then put them in order. And it's like, well, wait, now I got people groups and I got order. So it's like a three dimensional game instead of a two dimensional game. Yeah. And that doesn't always make it harder, but you know, just generally speaking, if you've got more players and you've got more dimensions, it could be harder. The last thing that I would say is if it's got more flexibility, flexibility tends to make games hard. Mm -hmm. So if there's a game that has really significant bottlenecks, like it's got one player who's mentioned in three rules and it's like, well, the game just essentially revolves around that one player. That's a game where worlds is going to really clearly let you see how the system works on the other hand, there's games that have infinite flexibility. I'm thinking of the zones and subzones game. That game had infinite flexibility. There were no minimums. Um, you, you know, you could have nothing at all. You could have just one thing. You could have just two things or you could have multiple things. And it was like, whoa, there's too much flexibility here. There, there aren't bottlenecks. If there aren't bottlenecks, then it can be harder to solve that system. Yeah. What else are you thinking about difficulty on games? Well, actually, I was just remembering a game that I used to think was very challenging, and that is the bus seats game. Do you remember that one? I think that game is really hard. You're not talking about the the uh, well, but I have seen. Yeah, worlds can kill that game, though. 
Well, it's interesting. I think the reason I persisted in thinking that it's so hard and I want to do it again now because it's been so long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last video I have here is from 2006, 17. <laughs> Anyways. But um, when even when I tried to do worlds, it seemed like there were still rules that yeah. weren't easy to incorporate. And so it's like, oh man, I just got to keep reapplying them for each of these questions. It's one of those games that's hard to solve. I, and easily. I think it's because of the flexibility. It's because yeah. even if you do start making worlds and it, it can it can reduce the complexity somewhat, there's still too much freedom within both of those worlds. And then there's rules that it's like, well, shit, to get rid of this rule, I'm going to have to split each one of these two three ways. Do there's I really want to go from statement. two to six? Yeah. Uh, and so that can make a game difficult. Yeah. Last thing I want to talk about, though, is um, I think and this might be the most important thing, at least from my perspective, I think perception makes a game difficult far too frequently. And I'm thinking of the mm. Zephyr Airlines game, which just came up in my class the other day. I'm mm. always so flummoxed. Like it's the you want to see me stuck as an LSAT teacher? Yeah. Watch me teach the Zephyr Airlines game and struggle to figure out why people don't like naturally just draw a map that roughly replicates North America. I'm not, you don't have to draw a whole map in North America. You just have to roughly position Honolulu, Vancouver, Philadelphia, Toronto, and Montreal. There's only five cities. And even if, you know, you've never been to Canada and you're just like, well, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, I don't know, North, just put them <laughs> up there at random. Yeah. <laughs> Hawaii is probably South and probably West. Philly is probably East. Put those on a map and then start drawing the connections because that's a game where, and, and so perceptions and mm -hmm. preconceived notions, right? That's a game where people absolutely try to put square pegs into round holes. They, yeah. They're like, well, I learned in Princeton Review how to do a grouping game and I'm going to this is a grouping game. And it's like, huh? Grouping game. I yeah. guess it could be. <laughs> you could think of it as groups, but you could also think of it as an in-flight magazine. And here's the map of the five cities that this shitty airline goes to. There can't be that many combinations. It's just yeah. pretty simple. And yeah. so the thing that makes that game difficult and I've seen just year after year, class after class of people crash up against this game and just totally fail. So, you know, I, I feel you, I understand that, uh, you think it's hard, but I think it's because you're not using your common sense brain. You're using LSAT brain, which you didn't learn from us. You're, you're using some like, well, I have to put this game into a preordained template mm -hmm. and you start trying to put a game like that into some template that you're bringing to it out of nowhere, you know, if it's not common sense, then it might make no sense at all. And that's what I think people do. They get so technical on a game like that, that instead of just figuring it out, they freeze up. Is that your experience with that game? Yeah. Just like, what do I do? I don't even know what to do. Right. Like people just, they do nothing. Yeah. And it's like, are, do you mean to tell me that if I hired you for Zephyr Airlines and I gave you these very simple rules and I'll give them to you because you're my employee now and I'm like, hey, is this going to work out? Like, how, what's this? What are the implications with these restrictions that I've already told you? What's that mean for this system? 
Mm -hmm. I think in pretty short order, you're going to go, oh, so Honolulu is not connected to Montreal then. And if you see that, it's totally common sense. I, I really think a sharp high school kid, your kids could figure that out, couldn't they? Guess we could give it to him and try see what happens. <laughs> you know, but yeah. If you if you separate yourself from this idea of an LSAT game that must yeah. be solved in a certain way, just think about the problem being presented to you. Yeah. Any other thoughts on what makes games difficult? Yeah, just anything different from the standard fare throws people off and freezes. Until they get good enough at it to realize that there's always something different from the standard fare. There's always little wrinkles. They're not that bad. You know, it's like the difference between which one of the following must be true. And each of the following could be false, except. Well, wait, each of the following could be false, except. So four of these could be false. So the other one must be true. And that's why, you know, saying which one of the following must be true is the same thing as saying each of the following could be false, except. And it's like, that's the type of curveball that we're dealing with on the yeah. LSAT logic games. It's just like, well, no, it makes sense. It means something. You can figure it out. You just have to not get, you know, people are like, I got caught up in the language. And it's like, oh, so you mean you didn't read it and understand it? Because that's what that means. You know, caught up in the language means you didn't you just didn't solve it. You didn't sit there and solve it. So I think a lot of that happens on games, right? People just I think that they go, this is different. This is weird. I don't know how to do this. And that right. thought right there makes it so they don't know how to do it. <laughs> that's the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Yep. All right. I hope that was helpful. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>